Hello, and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. I'm Simone de Rochefort, mm. supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Here we are, the three of us again. Woohoo! Yay! The gang's we all did here. It. We did it. I mean, I, I feel like COVID personally had it out for Rocket to stop us from getting together. <laughs> that and your awesome concert that you went to, Christina. Yes, yes. Um, for, for sure, those were the things that happened. And then I was at All Things Open last week. So what is All Things Open? It yeah, is a what conf- is this? Um, so it's an open source uh, conference. And basically, um, it's just like a tech conference. It, ha- it happens in Raleigh um, and uh, Raleigh-Durham area. It's actually a really great event and it's actually really affordable. I have to say, if you're interested in going to a um, technical conference and, and you want to kind of, you know, kind of, because it, it runs the gamut of a bunch of developer topics, uh, you know, intro to tech topics, uh, things that deal with open source. But if you're wanting to go to something like that in the Southeast, I think it's actually one of the better conferences I've been to. Um, and it's, like I said, it's affordable. And so I met a lot of great people and it was a, a really good time. So that's where I was last week. Ooh. Well, we'll be following up on some topics that we talked about last week because we will be talking about an unexpected <gasps> and frightening Apple event, as well as what's ahead for the AirPods. And then finally, we'll be wrapping up today with some Twitch. Dr- I, I, you know what? I hesitate. Sorry, YouTube drama, except yep. it's also crimes. YouTube crimes. Um, For our boosties, our beloved subscribers who pay for an ad-free episode and a bonus segment every week, we will be revising and redacting the Apple event that theoretically will happen on Monday, which we'll be talking about. Um, It's a spooky event. And we Halloween is on Tuesday. The Apple event's on Monday. We just think that we can do better to help Apple Mm -hmm. make a scary event. And that is what we're going to be doing in our bonus segment this week. So if you are There's curious. There's still time for them to develop the products that we're going to propose. Oh, so, certainly. Because you know. I feel like a lot of it is simply dismantling. But you Correct. know what? We'll talk about that in the bonus segment. If you want to learn more about how you can access bonus segments, go to Relay.fm slash membership and learn how you can support our podcast as well as other Relay Network podcasts a la carte individually and you get an ad free show and a bonus segment when you do so all right shall we jump right into it let's do it scary fast (laughs) apple event apple is holding a surprise product launch event the day before halloween october 30th woo what shall it be rumors say should i do my crypt keeper voice for this rumors say <laughs> that the event will center around mac updates <laughs> mark german at bloomberg intimates that we'll see a refreshed 24 inch imac <laughs> that's the length i like as well as new macbook <laughs> pro i'm sorry i can't keep doing that <laughs> as well as new macbook pros possibly with a new scary fast m3 chip it's the spookiest number of all this would theoretically Mm. replace a meaningful new ipad event which as we covered last week on the show did not happen despite uh rumors circulating about what new ipads apple would launch they instead announced a weird new apple pencil and a ipad in china that 
matches up with our expectations of eSIMs and iPads in America. Um, So, and usually they do that in the fall. Uh, But this year we could potentially see new iMacs and MacBooks instead of that. What do we think Apple will say at the scary fast event? I, I have a thought, but I have another thought that has nothing to do with Apple or Macs or anything Is like that. Is it a critique and of my performance it, on this show? It, it's actually a compliment of your performance. So <laughs> I'm open to it. My friend Suze Kempner, um, she is amazing. She's a comedian. And she has like the most wonderfully expressive face. And she got cast on Doctor Who as this assassin known as Doom. (laughs) And it's gloriously campy because she has drama kid energy coming out of everywhere. And I I think this is your destiny, Simone, with that accent. You need to be a Doctor Who villain. (gasps) You're destined for the show. You've got the looks. You do, actually. This is true. I I can completely see this. Brianna. Yes. I accept. Thank you. Because she couldn't be a companion. You'd need to be a villain, I think. I uh, All my life I've said, like, if I were a, an actor, a performer of any kind, like, I don't think I'm a leading lady. What I think is that I am the parent or the villain in a CW drama. And that's what I have the face <laughs> for. It's what I have the demeanor for. It's what I think would bring me the most joy in my life. So I I think a a Doctor Who villain in a one-off episode or perhaps as a sort of sprightly recurring character, that would be exactly in the same wheelhouse. And I I embrace it. So thank you so much for submitting. You could be a Dalek come to life. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. We'll we'll talk about Apple now. But there we go. No, of course. Well, Tim Cook could really, I think, throw in a word for me. So anyone get anyone get this episode to Tim Cook. Let him know that I'm looking. Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, are we seeing? Oh, so so okay. What do you either of you expect from, I guess, a MacBook or iMac refresh event? And realistically, how does that compare to what you suspect will happen on Monday? Christina, we'll start with you. Okay, so. Something has to be black because the whole thing is that, you know, they're making a big deal about like, oh, you know, a scary fast event. But then in the animation, there's a black finder icon. And so, you know, we do not have dark like the finder icon is not black. And and uh, I wish that it were it would look great. But that makes me think, okay well, we have like the kind of black like MacBook Air, but it's not. It's like a, a midnight blue. It's not a real black MacBook. And I know that they now have like those black colors uh, for for the uh, they're like four black colored uh, iPhone uh, Pro Maxes, um, including the blue one that I have. Um, but 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 I think like three of them are actually black, or at least two of them are. So so I feel like we have to have either maybe it's like an iMac Pro, uh, maybe it's you know like a, a a brand new like black plastic MacBook, which would make me personally very happy. Uh, but I feel like we have to have like a dark colored. Mac of some sort. So that's that's my main prediction, but I don't know exactly what it is. Quick question. What if yes. that's all that it is? I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing. It kind of could be because th- we didn't talk about this. This is a weird event. They're doing this at five o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern as like a video thing on a Monday night. So this is not like this screams to me. This was more important than a press release but not important enough for us to like, you know, 
put out all the stops and like really bring our A game. So because mm-hmm. like the programming wise, like 8 p.m. on a Monday night, like that's OK. And also that time, that's like early in Europe. So, yeah, it's just it's just a weird time. Um, So I don't know. There's been a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, there seems to be disagreement in the rumor community about whether or not these will be M3 machines or not. Uh, On the plus side would be, well, yeah, you know, it it is maybe time for us to be at the M3. On the con side, the Apple Vision Pro is M2, and it would be weird for that to come out with an M2 if they have, you know, for especially for like a a $3,600 product, if like a few months earlier they released M3 computers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't really know what we'll see on that end. Um, I'm really hopeful that this will be an update and like a meaningful update to the iMac. Like that would be for me, what I would want. But I I honestly don't know because it's just this is a weird event at a weird time. And Brianna, what do you think? So I'm I'm pretty sure I know what we're going to get. Um, this didn't make a lot of press, but it did make a bunch of press with um, a bunch of my game dev friends. There was um, an interview that Apple did with, uh, I believe it was IGN, IGN. Yeah. yeah, a while back. And uh, they were talking about, um, you know, how there was going to be an expanded, yeah, basically a AAA game library. Uh, that was going to be coming to the system. And, you know, if you dig into the recent uh, Apple developer docs, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, new tools that have come out to basically help you um, uh, port your games over to Mac. Uh, Basically what we'll do is uh, kind of do a sloppy translation layer, throw it in there, and uh, make your your game just run on a Mac like Right. And then you can see how big of a uh, hit it's going to be. And, uh, you know, you can kind of update it from there. It's meant to be like a a tool to show you like what your your game can potentially look like if you uh, translate it over there. So um, if you mix that with a lot of the capabilities we're expected to get, like, um, you know, like, you know, additional what do you call the lighting technology that everybody's uh, always oh, um, freaking out uh, about? Uh, um, uh, ray tracing. Ray tracing. Ray tracing is supposed to be coming to uh, Mac uh, GPU chips. Add that with the latest version of Mac OS, how there's a, a game-only mode that mm-hmm. they're talking about. I, I do think if it's not an M3, it's going to be like a scary, fast gamer version of the Mac that is really tilted towards performance, um, okay. which I would like to see. Um, one of the things that uh, has changed for me personally uh, since I got um, you know, my M1 Mac, my you know like version 1.2 M1 Mac, which I love, it's a great machine. But Christina, unlike you, I got the the very basic, uh, you know, like 512, mm-hmm. you know, model, uh, you know, 14 inch MacBook. It's a great machine. I love it, but I want something with a bigger screen, and I do want something faster. Um, I do see Lightroom chugging a lot with the um, with a lot of the the AI transform things that uh, is just a necessary part of Lightroom. So um, I would love to see them bring like a, a black series of scary fast gamer Max uh, and really invest in some AAA game support. Uh, I would love that. I would buy it immediately. I love that. I don't know how like plausible it is as a rumor. But it feels very sexy and appealing to me is what I will say about that. Yeah. um, And I I wrote a thing for Inverse uh, at the beginning of the summer about the Apple um, 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 gaming toolkit. 
uh, which which Bree talked about. And I, there are some interesting things I think they could do there, especially if they you know had like a more powerful chip. Look, it's never going to be a a real viable gaming platform. It's the Mac, but with the translation layer, which is very similar to what uh, Steam OS does on the Steam Deck, you can get a lot further than you might think. And so mm-hmm. I think that I I think that's a um a good call out. And and Scary Fast would apply for gaming. Dark would apply for gaming. Uh, Resident Evil Four, yes. like they're supposed to be bringing that out, right? Like, isn't that yeah. one of the things? So that's you it. know, it, you know, they're they're like super excited about that because okay. Um, you know, cause we'd love to have like three-year-old games on our Macs. Like that's the best thing in the world. <laughs> that's like, the so dream cool. for Apple, the g- Apple gaming community. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 did come out this year, to be fair. But, but there's a lot of stuff with RE Engine. Right, that right, done. right, right. Totally. And, and look, I mean, yes, th- this is not going to be as delayed as some of them, but yeah, um, that's supposed to be out in December. So I don't know, maybe they'll show that off. That would make sense for a spooky theme. I, I, I like it. I like the gaming mm-hmm. vibe. So can we talk, uh, one of you mentioned, I think it was, I, I don't remember which one of you it was, but about the fact that there has been quite a bit of back and forth in the rumor community yeah. lately. And we saw this last week when we were talking about the competing iPad rumors, like Mark Gurman was like, no, or I think Mark Gurman was like, maybe. And then uh, Ming-Chi Kuo was like, no, there's not going to be no new iPads. Like, don't even think about it this year, even though there usually are. Um, and we're... <laughs> kind of seeing similar things this week where it's like, what are they freaking doing? They're, they're kind of disrupting their usual reliable schedule of announcing products on this cadence, uh, Apple. So, and, and that has resulted in some disagreement within the rumor mill as it were, which has been pretty reliable over the, le- the years that we've been doing this podcast. What do y'all think about, I guess, the disruption of the regular rumor cycle when it comes to Apple products? And do you feel like it is a, like we're seeing a sort of sea change here? Or do you think this is just kind of a weird fall for Apple? I think something happened uh, with the iPad releases very clearly. Something went on there. There was so much smoke that a new version of iPad was about to come out. And I don't know if it was supply chain disruption or or what it was. But I, I think that two things have happened where, let's just be honest. I mean, like, we all love Apple stuff. We follow it. But it's just less sexy than it was, you know, when Rocket started almost a decade ago, right? It just is less sure. of the zeitgeist and all these these products are so ubiquitous that we just don't think about them. Like I saw a girl today uh, walking around that had uh, the original AirPods, like mm-hmm. the really long yeah, ones. And I was ones. like, wow, that is such a cool retro throwback. Right? <laughs> like, man, because, six years ago. Yeah. Right. Because it's so, it's such commodity hardware at this point. So Seven years you, ago. Yeah. Yeah. If you mix that with, you know, just this, it just seems like something is fundamentally going on with their product cycle. Like Vision Pro seems to have been delayed. So I, I just think something's going on at Apple. I don't know what. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because like Mark Gurman and, and uh, uh, Ming-Chao uh, quote, like come at this from two different places. They're both really reliable, mm-hmm. but they tend to have, at least from my uh, from my understanding, different sources. Um, Ming's uh, sources are all in the supply chain community, whereas Gurman's tend to be more with Apple themselves. And so, um, like, that can sometimes, I think, you know, 
lead to conflicting information just depending on what's happening. The supply chain stuff, I think, is probably one of the reasons why there might be, uh, to Bree's point, you know, some delays, uh, whereas most of that stuff has been worked out. There might have been some things, especially with TSMC, who is, um, Apple like bought a, a ton of their machine time uh, to do the, the three nanometer process. If there were any delays with making those chips and if they had to maybe like go back and redo some of them, that could definitely mess up your dev cycle. And it, just given like the fact that the things were kind of at a, a you know, um, a delay anyway because of, of the past three years, I could see maybe that getting weird and maybe some things that, okay, we'd had this planned, but we weren't able to get all the things together. And so we had to put it off and maybe is the software ready and we don't know because the teams do seem to work fairly independently, hardware and software at Apple, which is a little bit surprising in some ways because you would think that they would maybe like be mm-hmm. more coordinated. Uh, but I, I don't know. I do feel like there's, but there's, yeah, I think this is just a weird period. I don't think this is any sort of indictment one way or another on the rumor community. I think this is just a weird period in general. Um, and, you know, German tends to be more correct the closer we get to things uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, loose lips. And we're four um, days out right We're four days out. So <laughs> I, I don't know, right? Like, I mean, somebody, like, I, I would expect us to get, like, a good understanding if we're going to get one at all, like, in the next four days. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think this is an indictment of any rumor thing. I think this is just weird stuff that's happening. It's the weird flow of time. And by next week, when we record the show again, we'll know. We'll know. And we can, we can uh, p- cast divine judgment on all yeah, of the Yeah, speaking of judgment. Yeah. Yeah, speaking Sorry, of judgment on. real quick. No, 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 no. It's fine. Speaking of judgment, can we talk about like the fact that they like completely raised all the prices today on the Apple services? Like just like I across the board? I missed this story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, f- went f- way the f- up like a lot. So if you're part of like one of the Apple One things, those went up um, better than the others. Like I used to pay uh, $32.95 a month for two terabytes, family, Apple Music, family, Apple TV, plus family, whatever. So this is the highest tier thing. Now that's $38 a month. So that went up um, five bucks. Family um, was previously 23. Now it's 26. Individual previously was 17. Now it's 20. But here's where it gets like kind of bad. So okay. Apple TV Plus used to be six ninety nine a month. It is now ten dollars a month. So that is what? a big Ooh. increase, right? Apple Arcade five bucks a month is now seven, which feels too don't, high for don't Apple pay Arcade. $7 Absolutely, a month for do not. Apple do not look. Here's the thing: the only way, reason I think anybody should pay for Apple Arcade is if it comes in your Apple One subscription, yep. and you're like, I can't get rid of it. This is the, that, which is what it is for me. And then Apple News. This is the dumbest one. Apple News oh, Plus, which go. like, who the hell uses Apple News? Goes from ten dollars a month, which is already egregious, to thirteen dollars a month. <gasps> now, oh, no. I use Apple News all the time. I I like Apple News because it it is a really good catch-all. I have found that if an article that I want to read, like in Atlantic, I'm not going to subscribe to the Atlantic. Yeah, right. right. I do. So, yeah. But for you, I get it. I get it. No, I subscribe to New York Times, um, Washington Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, and LA Times. And that's it. Like, that is a crazy amount of money. Yes, it is. So I find that uh, for anything with Atlantic or New Yorker or anything like that, it's a really good catch-all for all the rest of them. 
it sucks because you have to like find the headline and then copy and paste it right. over to Apple News. But other than that, I, I actually think it's a really good product. Yeah, I think that the offering is good. I think the presentation is complete garbage. Yes, um, and, terrible. And, and, and it comes from an acquisition that they made a bajillion years ago that they never really, I, in my opinion, brought in-house. So like, for instance, some of the magazine things, sometimes you can find the articles if, if Apple News will feature it. But other times you'll have to actually like go through the issues and it's like a PDF where you have to like find what it is, which is a bad experience, which is one of the reasons why I still subscribe to all the publications you mentioned, Brie, except for the LA Times, but 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 in its place, I subscribe to Bloomberg, and then I also subscribe to like seven or eight magazines. So for me, Apple News is superfluous, but I do agree with you that it is a good catch-all. I just think that $13 a month for its presentation is too much. I think if it had a better presentation, I'd have no problem recommending it, but its presentation is garbage. Yeah, it's ter- It's not like the New York Times. You can open New York Times and everything that's happening, you can get right there. A yeah. little bit less true with Washington Post, um, but still very true with like a Wall Street Journal. Right? Yeah. Apple News is not that. You've got to have a favorite publication. You've got to go to that page. Like their general news is just not... It's just not as impactful. So I I really agree with that. I think, though, like, for me, all these services are all rolled into Apple One. Right. So I don't really care if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. But I think my point is, I think this is a really, you know, the way they're kind of nickel and it feels like they're nickel and diming things. And look, I know that all services are going up, that we have inflation, this and that. But at the same time, to go from, like, let's just talk about Apple TV Plus. When it debuted uh, four years ago, it was... It was free, but but then it was five dollars a month, and yeah. that was their whole thing. It's five bucks a month. It's it's this great thing. We're going to give you this great experience. Now it's ten dollars a month. Now I would argue that I think at this point the content probably for uh, cyclically anyway I think is for some people definitely worth that. I I think there's a lot of really good Apple TV Plus content. Uh, the morning show is an amazing soap opera, and and I love it. We <laughs> haven't had a good primetime ridiculous soap in a million years, and I love it. There's some other really good content too. I don't know, though, if it's one of those things that unless you get it as part of the bundle that you need to be subscribed to 12 months out of the year, especially at $10 a month, like because, you know, $10 a month, like you're now getting into Netflix pricing. And I know they've raised their prices, too. But if you're going to charge that, like, I, I feel like you have to have a comparable catalog and they don't. Apple Arcade, as we've all discussed, is not something you should pay for, in my opinion. And when you raise like when you're just looking at just the percentage of, of increases of these prices, it's kind of nuts. I mean, like, I'm not happy that I'm going to be paying $60 a year more for Apple One. I'll do it, but I'm not super happy about it. But like, I don't know, man. I feel like some of these prices, especially on like the arcade, just feel too high. I feel like it's also tough considering, I guess, the inflation situation that we're all in and how I imagine some of the like the the ways that content has been packaged over the last few years I do think three trillion dollar company three trillion dollar company that's the other three trillion dollar company I don't care that's that's Apple's problem to deal with that's not our problem to deal with yeah sure I I do want to stick up for Apple Arcade just a bit (laughs) like go for it very so what I do appreciate about Apple Arcade is 
I, I think it's bad because gaming on iOS is inherently a non-rewarding experience. And it's a, a time passing experience. It, yes. it is. And the games that work there, like they've got the gotcha games, and those are great. I do think that Apple Arcade is the best version of gaming that can exist on iOS. And I appreciate how they get a lot of really good games and create like plus versions of it. Like they're generally worth your time. The problem isn't the service that they're giving. It's that for me personally, I just don't find this to be engaging and God knows I've tried. Mm. So I think that's the problem, but I think it's the best possible version of that product it could be. Yeah, I just don't know if it's an $84 a year product. Um, no, it's at, not. Like, so again, but it's one then of the, again, that's $100 in a purchase, right? Yeah, but like, I don't think that any of the games are that fulfilling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I just don't think it's, I don't know. For me, I don't, I don't see the subjective value. That's me. Some people might disagree. I just feel like these are, the reason I pointed this out while we were just kind of kvacking about things, I know inflation is a real thing. I just feel like these were not small price hikes. Uh, Yeah. You know, like like percentage wise, these are these are actually pretty massive. You're talking like 30 percent, you know, in in, um, a lot of cases. That's not insignificant. And so I wonder if this is going to do anything to like their churn numbers, because I could see people who were okay you know, with one price being like, okay, I'm not okay with this. And and I'm just going to subscribe, you know, when I need to. or if, you know, people are going to just kind of go with the flow like 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 I do, where I'm just like, I don't even know how much my, you know, subscriptions or bundles cost every month because I either pay annually or monthly. And I, I just, I don't know and I don't care. And I just do it. I, all I know is that it is less than when I was paying for all those things and cable television that I didn't watch. So I feel like it's a win for me in that regard. But like, you know, it is, I just can't help but notice. I'm like, okay, I feel a little nickel and dimed here. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I, I agree. Well, speaking of that, do you all want to talk about AirPods now? Yes. Yeah, this is a really quick update. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of building on the uh, rumors about what will be announced at the Scary Fast Apple event, a new Mark Gurman report also indicates that Apple is doing shenanigans with its AirPod lineup, specifically that the second and third gen iPods, AirPods, <laughs> iPods, iPods, we it's love it. 2005 again. You know, they were AirPods. selling those, you know, real quick, they were selling iPods at Urban Outfitters and I missed out on it. I'm, oh my I'm God. I'm so mad. But they were selling like for like $350 a piece, refurbed, like rebuilt um, iPods and iPod minis. I have I'm an, so mad. A, I have a, a yeah, anecdote about out, this. We missed out. We all missed out. Um, but I do have an anecdote about this that I'll say in the what we're doing this week. Anyway, second and third gen AirPods will be theoretically phased out next year when the new AirPods are announced. The rumor suggests that Apple will debut two new models, both of which will be improved compared to the second and third gen regular AirPods, but lesser than the AirPods Pro, both in price and capability. German suggests that the third-gen AirPods aren't selling as well as these older, cheaper models, which has led to Apple being like, can we just, can we, can we kill those off and just sell our, like, cool new stuff? Can we do that? Uh, neither new model will have the silicon tips of the AirPods Pro, uh, as indicated in the rumors, which I say are alleged, but will have features like noise cancellation um, and speakers on the charging case that support the Find My feature. They'll also, of course, 
maybe most importantly, charged with USB-C, which is perhaps yes. part of the larger motivation of refreshing that line, according to, again, the alleged rumors. So the floor of AirPod quality will essentially be raised, theoretically, um, with this refresh, uh, which would be coming next fall. What do y'all think about the rumors of new AirPods? I, I feel like to me it makes sense. Like it, it's kind of in keeping with what we talked mm -hmm. about with the new iPads um, and just also what they're doing with the new phones and everything. Like everything is going to switch over to USB-C and it makes sense to kill off the older AirPod models, especially if they're stopping people from buying the updated ones. Yeah, I, I think what I was really stuck struck by is they didn't name anything in the the article worth actually updating for, right? Like, I mean, what did the, the really good points do? Right. I mean, they've got noise canceling. It's pretty good. It, it's amazing, it's not actually. Quite like screaming baby sitting next to you canceled that out. Like the highest ends noise canceling headphones. But it's Close. really, really good. It's it's good. It's good. Um, my main problem with AirPods is if you use them a lot, I find that the microphone over time gets, um, I, I don't know if it's filled with junk or whatever, in a way that you can't clean it and it doesn't work very well for uh, calls after a while. Um, but like overall, like it, it feels like it's a product that does everything you want. Like you would always want more battery life, I guess. Yeah, I think the problem that they're going to have between this and higher end headphones is, you know, they're not meant to be conspicuous or like fashion pieces. Mm. Like they're the consumer electronics, they're just invisible, right? So um, I, I guess it's good that Apple's got to make a lot of money and, uh, you know, come up with a way to kill the last year model thing and charge everybody more and make more money. But uh, this, it feels like AirPods are so ubiquitous that they're just, it's not a, like, it's not a sexy product in the same way. It's something you buy when you lose your AirPods or mm -hmm. your battery stops working. Yeah, that's exactly why I did my upgrade was because yeah. they were just not working because I dropped them on the floor too many times. Um, but, sorry, Christina. Go no, on. I was going to say, I mean, I agree with that, but I also I'll push back a little bit. I mean, I think that mm -hmm. you, you summed up the, pro the product well, but I also think that's why it's a perfect product. Um, and, and I would argue like from like the, the fashion perspective, you know, obviously Apple owns Beats who really made headphone fashion a whole thing. Uh, but but I, I, I've argued this before. The single most enduring fashion trend of the last you know, 22 years is white earbuds. Like that is the single most enduring fashion trend, period. Like it's white earbuds, like going back to the original iPod, like and and through now, like that is this one thing that's persisted. And, you know, you, the fact that you even noticed when somebody had the longer stemmed ones, like that, that, that's a thing. And, and I think that that that's telling. Um, my mom, I've, I've talked about this before, is a massive, massive, massive AirPods fan. Like she wears them all the time. And I've bought her three or four pairs over the years. And she will like have one pair in when she goes to bed. And then if she gets up in the middle of the night, she switches off to the other oh pair because the battery's side. And she Powerful. uses it. To, she like listens to books and stuff, but she'll walk around the house like she loves her AirPods. And so um, I, she did get a, a pair of the AirPods Pros uh, fairly recently because I think they were on sale. I don't know if she's used them. She had both the third gen ones, which didn't sell as well. And then she had, I think, like a, an updated like second gen pair, um, which were the main ones she was using that she had like a, the previous uh, one or two that she'd had. I think like the batteries died on. Um, 
I, you know, so like I see for someone like her who just wears the hell out of them and she's a pretty normal consumer, I think that depending on how they price these and if they're priced, I think in line with, with where they are now, and I assume they will be, um, I feel like that's probably going to be a good, a good upgrade. The one thing I'm a little, I guess, miffed with is the rumor on the AirPods Max, which are the over-ear headphones that I begrudgingly use all the time. And really? Had, well, okay, hear me out. Because I have kind of, I have a love-hate relationship with them. And and I, I they're not, I, I say this to everybody all the time. They're like, should I buy these? And I'm like, no, do not spend $550 on these. However, why do I use them more than I use almost any pair of earphones? Because... The noise counseling is really good. It's not as good as the Sony's, but it's close. Um, and so the sound quality is good, but it's got the freaking handoff. The fact that it syncs with every freaking Apple device, like you just mm-hmm. are looking at it. And mm-hmm. as someone who very frequently has an iPod, uh, or not an iPod, an iPhone, an iPad, and a MacBook in my hands at the same time, that is very, very useful to be able to seamlessly go from one device to the other and not deal with Bluetooth stuff. Like that's just, that's just a useful feature. And so for that alone, even though the rest of it is, I hate that there's no power button. I hate that I can't fold them up. I hate the battery life is crap. I hate the fact that after two years, Apple wouldn't let me buy more Apple care for them, even though I'd already had to replace them once because they don't let you do that on the AirPods Pro Max or AirPods Maxes, even though they're $550. Like I hate all these things about them, but the fact that I can seamlessly use them across devices and because they are better quality means that I use them more than any other um, you know, pair of, of, of headphones. Uh, but again, do not buy them. But I'm annoyed <laughs> that like, don't listen to me. Like, unless you're like me and you have the money for them and you can accept all the faults, you're much better off spending your money on a pair of Sony's if you're getting like wireless, um, uh, you know, over ear um, you know, noise canceling headphones. The Sony's are going to be better in every way except for the, uh, you know, pairing stuff. But the rumor is that it's just basically going to be USB-C charging, which, okay, great. But there aren't going to be like maybe new colors, but there aren't going to be any other changes. And I'm like, these things could be great if you would put on a power button, if you would get rid of the stupid charging bra, if you would make them more foldable. <sighs> like you could actually make these worthwhile and worthy of my $550. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, fa- I'm very annoyed that I'm probably going to be like in a year's time spending another because they'll raise the price on another pair of AirPods Maxes that are still going to have the same flaws. And and I'm going to feel like, you know, a complete idiot every single time I have them. But to your point, Bree, one of the reasons I also kind of like them is I don't have the same issue that you have with the microphone on, on normal AirPods. I think because I have like a tendency, I, I have like, this is so gross, but I have like a toothpick that I like carry around that I like use to kind of clean out my AirPods. Oh, I should do that. Oh my God. Because we shouldn't be putting Q-tips or toothpicks for that matter in our ears, but we could be putting them in our AirPods. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah. You've just changed my life. Sorry, go on. Finish your clear the nozzles. But to your point, Brie, they are really, the the AirPods Max is decent microphones. So if I'm on calls all day, that's what I can use. Um, And I, and I don't have, and I don't have to, and, and I don't have to like, and I don't have to like, you know, worry about that. So that's okay but so anyway i'm just annoyed that i'm going to be stuck buying these overpriced you know problematic headphones again um but uh that's the way it is yeah it's the apple way and it always will be yeah 
I probably won't be upgrading. Bree, sorry if you said already, but do you think you would? I mean, it's a year out at this point, so I, I don't think any of us can say. I, I I love these things. I mean, I have, I look, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. Uh, Christine, I have the exact same use case as your mom. I have three pairs of AirPod Pros. Um, you know, they, they I charge one up. I use it all day, every day. They're always in my ears on calls and everything else. I, I love these things. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I will definitely end up buying one uh, just because my original AirPod Pros, uh, you know, the battery life sucks in them at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 100%. There we go. All right. Let's move into dessert for the week, yes! which is... I am so overprepared for this I was going to say, Bree's oh, going to have to so tell glad. us all about this because I might have lost brain cells on this, but I'm really excited to hear Bree talk about this. <laughs> no, you're not. Do no, you still not. want me to do my yes, recap or do, do you want... Please okay. Do. Okay. I'll, I'll do my recap and then you're going to add color and detail. So... YouTube has demonetized YouTuber Sniper Wolf's account, Sniper Wolf with three S's, after she seemingly doxed fellow YouTuber Jack's films. So what sparked this kind of behavior? Why would you dox someone? Reaction content, of course. So this has been a conflict that has been brewing for many, many years. Sniper Wolf uh, makes currently a lot of reaction content, which is, of course, where you, you know, watch a video and react to it it is a very popular form of content she has something around 30 million subscribers um jack's films makes a lot of videos both making fun of people who make reaction content and criticizing the form uh with sniper wolf specifically his objection was like you're not providing the sources that like source links to the videos that you're reacting to and also there it's not a lot of transformative content does mm-hmm. it meet the bar for fair use um that being said, he's also like made a lot of videos, including like a whole parody channel, seemingly parodying specifically her account so called Jack's Funny with three J's, where very her account good. is Sniper Wolf three S's. Okay, so this all came to a head uh, when she tweeted, "Hey, I'm at a shoot, and Jack's Films lives like five minutes away. Should I go like say hi to him and posted an Instagram story allegedly outside his house, saying, "Let's talk like adults," showing where he lived, which you might know, is doxing. Um, YouTube didn't do anything about this for a few days. I think she took the story down. and But as of this week, they have demonetized her account <coughs> um, and stopped Could. essentially trying to bury this story that has brewed. That is my top-level summary, my neutral top-level summary of what has occurred between these two YouTubers. But Brianna, you've done a lot of reading into this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I, I'm embarrassed to admit how much I followed this story. <laughs> like, Please tell me. No, it's exactly like you said. I mean, you know, it it is absolutely true, in my opinion, that Sniper Wolf does not do, at, at her worst, she does not do transformative content. And I think it's really a shame because she's got talent. Like, there's she has that star quality that some people have that she can just say stuff and it's just inherently interesting, right? Um, and, and what I found really interesting is after she got demonetized, she put a, a video out and it's called like reacting to people eating forbidden fruits, forbidden foods, right? And it's uh, her reacting to like people eating uh, wax fruit at Ikea or things like that. And it's honestly a really captivating video. 
I, I find it so interesting. Like, I think it was an FU to Jack's films and everyone out there said, like, she didn't have any talent because she went through and made a video that doesn't really react to anything. It's mostly like looking at pictures of weird food and telling jokes about it for like eight minutes on camera. And it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's not Shakespeare, but it's it's a good YouTube video. So she's got the talent clearly to like produce good content. It's just that she seems to be lazy in the execution of it. So I 100% support like like Jack ripping into her and creating this parody account, uh, Judge of Jack's Films. It's a great it's channel. Great. It is. Like, it's very funny. Sniper Wolf Bingo is hilarious. I, I, I'm i like really bummed that I have not gotten my upload for like, what is it, eight days now. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was very, very clearly wrong. And I, I really think YouTube set a very bad precedent by not acting more strongly. More to the point, I think Instagram, Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that they didn't step in is is also really troubling. So just top to bottom, like, she's 100% in the wrong. And it's – the thing is she doesn't – like, she can do better work. Like, it's a very easy solution here. Right. Like, okay, even though I feel dumber for knowing this, and I didn't follow this as closely as you did, Bree, but it was one of those things where, like, when this first went brewing, I was like, unfortunately, I know who all these people are. And unfortunately, Uh I'm aware of everything here, and I hate myself for this. But here's the thing. She has 34 million YouTube subscribers. I don't know how many followers she has on Instagram, but it's not insignificant. When you and, and people know that the parasocial relationships, especially amongst the YouTube community, people are freaking crazy. And so when you go outside someone's house, you post that and, and you basically kind of like dox them. And then you're kind of like trying to be like, oh, what, you're going to come out and meet me and whatnot. You're inviting crazy people who follow you obsessively. And she knows that that's not an insignificant portion of her audience to yep. harass and, and potentially like harm the subject of this. And look, I'm not saying that he's a complete victim because he's got 5 million, you know, uh, subs or whatever. Like he's, a, a, you know, a, a star in his own right. But that doesn't mean that it's okay to do that. Like, you know, I, 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 and I have to say like, and this is weird for me to, to get into this place because I, you know, whatever. But like, I, I do have to feel like, is this like a reverse sexism thing? Because I, I definitely feel like if this had been a male creator doing this to a female creator, there would not have been as many days as it took for YouTube to react. And there wouldn't have been silence from Instagram. And to be clear, that would be correct because it's not okay to do this. But it's also not okay to do this to male creators. Like, just don't freaking, like, there There are a lot of really obsessive, dangerous, messed up, like, mentally ill people out there who spend way too much time online. Like, and and it, if what you do is primarily do reaction content and do streaming and whatnot, you're going to have an audience that is going to have some of those people in your audience. Like, don't dox people. Like, it's not that hard. Like, don't dox people. Like, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where I can just clearly see where the thought process didn't happen. And I, I'm 100% sure, like, I completely agree with you both that she was in the wrong. I also believe that in her mind at the moment, I, I fully believe she didn't think about it as a big deal. Yeah. And that's the problem when it comes to these creators with these large platforms is they're not thinking about these things as yeah. a big deal. And it has to be. Like, when you have be. an audience that large... You have to think about the consequences of any post relating to someone else who, like, is their own living independent person. Like, you're going to affect their lives in a way that is well, – Especially it's their house. Like, yeah, especially like, if it's like, their house. Like, it's, like, it's, it's a large effect. I don't care if she's effect. calling him out. Like, I don't I – don't, yeah. like, I'm going to be real. I don't, I don't care about, like, sending people hate. Don't, 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 like, put someone's address 
you know, the first one of the polygon comments on the piece about this uh, was uh, kind of summarized my whole feelings about it, which was uh, if she hadn't doxed him, I'd probably be closer to both sides in this. Yeah. Which is totally fair. Like, yeah, yeah okay. She may- maybe makes ha- has been making lazy content that Perbree is a consumer of her content you think is below her her talent level. I also think it's kind of a jerk move to like make a whole channel making fun of a single person. Okay. It's funny. I accept it. It also just doesn't, you know, affect sure. me or bother me on any personal level. But at the point where you've taken it to posting outside his house and showing a picture of it, uh, you've lost you've lost any kind of like both sidesy high ground or like and any kind of any kind of defense there, which is uh unfortunate, but that's the way it is for me. So dumb. No, I 100% uh, everything you said, Simone, but I also really agree with what you said, Christina, where this does really seem to be like a reverse sexism kind of situation where they're they're really pussyfooting around like taking strong action here. And I I 100% agree with you that if this situation was reversed, uh, they would have taken really strong action here. I've got a really good friend of mine, Dylan Burns. Um, Dylan Burns is literally a war zone reporter. Like this guy goes over to Ukraine all the time, goes out there with the Ukrainian people, like like fighting Russia, um, embeds with them, has been under like fire, has covered atrocities, all that kind of stuff, is a legit war version of a reporter on YouTube. And YouTube just demonetized his channel for no reason, as far as I can see, a couple of weeks ago. Just devastating right? It was probably because he's covering Russian atrocities, right? And gets reported like mass uh, by by bots, right? Like YouTube takes action and it's bad action on people all the freaking time. Mm -hmm. And uh, just the fact that they're not taking really strong action with her, it's just, it's it's something that's fundamentally off here. And, And to get to your point, Simone, what really gets me about this is I can, like, imagine a guy out there, like, not understanding what it's like for, like, to have crazy people out there, like, sexually obsessed with you or stalking you or doing, like, stuff that makes you unsafe, right? I can imagine some male creators not having a true perspective on that. I find out. Don't believe this. Absolutely. Sniper Wolf has not mm, had 100%. that experience. She has. You know she has. A lot. A ton. And... I I don't hold the same opinion you do, Simone. I think she feels angry, and I think she knew exactly what she was doing, and I think it was intimidation there because she has to know this stuff. So it's just, it's not okay, and I think that their weak response puts everyone on the platform at risk. Yeah, I. you know what? Yeah, I, I, I guess I can't say, like, her psychology i like to think the best of people but i do completely agree that the response from the platforms should be at this point like where we are in the online economy where we are with the relationships creators have with their audiences the response from the platforms should have been stronger regardless of whether or not she was like reacting from a place of vindication or from a place of just like ignorance No, I mean, because that's the thing, like, it could, because the thing is, like, even if it was done, like, in, in jest and it was, like, unintentional, like, this would still not be okay. 
Um, uh, but, but the the fact that there was also like no apology from her, right? Like she didn't. I mean, she only did after they took her money away. Like that was the only time when she then was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I need to do better. I apologize to the creator community." Okay, well, that's completely yeah. disingenuous because you did not care. Like you did not care at all. Like this wasn't one of those things where somebody was like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize you could see the person's house," and like I feel so bad. No, this was like. And like you, I'm not going to pretend like I know what she was thinking. I, I don't really care what her motive was. I will agree with Brie. I definitely think that she has a very good awareness of what can happen in those situations. Whether she intended anything to happen or not, I, I don't know. But I think she's acutely aware of what can happen um, and and of, you know, like the, the type of people who are really obsessive on those platforms. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just, um, it's kind of a mess. And uh, let me ask you, you both this. We now got sucked up into this entire thing and there are reaction videos on reaction videos and reaction videos. But did this do anything to actually further the reaction uh, video discourse? Because I, I feel like no, it didn't. absolutely not. I, I, f- I feel like, if anything, we just have more reaction videos to all of this. That That's the thing. I think it's such a generally, like to me at least, inoffensive form of content, which isn't to say that I don't think people should be properly crediting and like actually putting effort into it. But I also just don't care. (laughs) Right. Right. I agree. I agree. It doesn't touch my life in any meaningful way. Right. Like like when the Fine Brothers tried to like copyright like reaction stuff or reacts to and and everybody and everybody like came at them understandably. And I like the Fine Brothers. They're nice guys. But like they immediately like had to like back off. They're like, yeah, we messed up big time. Like, I, I completely get the whole credit thing and that it can be annoying. And I don't mind Jack's film's, like, parody thing. I Like you said, it's immature. I enjoy it. But, like, I'm also with you. It's a very inoffensive, like, I don't care type of content. It's just one of those things. Like, if you feel like it's really someone's genuinely adding no value, send them a DMCA request. But otherwise, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what we are doing this week. Christina, what are you up to? So I am preparing for a GitHub Universe, which is going to be in, oh my God, it's like in two weeks. Um, So Ah. uh, November 8th and 9th. So I'm going to be in San Francisco starting next week for 10 days, 10, 11 days. So I'm, I'm, it's all universe all the time, baby. Like it is GitHub Universe season. So, uh, and everybody should, should tune in. Um, You can tune in online. If you're going to be there in person, Rocket Rules obviously apply, drink on me. Uh, But GitHubUniverse.com is where you can stream the content. I'm going to be hosting as I, uh, one of the co-hosts as I, as I did last year. And I'll obviously be around the venue and all that stuff. So it's just, uh, it's, it's time, baby. We're going to have some really cool announcements. So if, uh, especially if you like, if you like AI, um, you can play a, a drinking game with me um, in in the pre-show to see how many times we say AI. And uh, if you if you drink, I think you'll die. But like, Ugh. yeah, I'm I'm excited. Tis the season. Um, this week we have a new spooky episode of our board game show going up on Ooh. Polygon's YouTube channel. We played a really cool game called the Night Cage which is a cooperative spooky game where you're all, you know, a bunch of people trapped in this sort of nightmarish maze in the dark with a candle that is your only illumination. And you're all kind of trying to work together to find enough keys to escape the maze. Everyone needs a key. Everyone needs to get to the same gate token to escape the maze. And that's what you're trying to do. Um, It was so much fun. I've been thinking about it basically nonstop since then. I really, really want to play it again. 
it has an aspect that I really, really like about board games when it makes sense, which is when you can flip over tiles to create the map that you're playing in. Oh, uh, this yeah. is something that happens in like Betrayal at House on the Hill, but it happens in this game as well, except that because it's a creepy underground maze board game, the tiles that you're not near, that you're not illuminating with your candle disappear. So the maze is kind of ever shifting. And it really, really will. So the Night Cage uh, episode of Overboard will be out on Polygon's YouTube channel tomorrow. Um, I had a, I, I, I remember saying earlier, I had an anecdote to tell you guys, and now I don't remember yes. what it was about. It was, it was going to be about the iPod. The iPod. Oh my God. I went to my friend's birthday party recently. Um, and a, another friend of hers was there who I like have never interacted with before, but apparently his like birthday tradition for his good friends is to buy an iPod on eBay, like an Hell, old iPod yeah. and like load special music for them onto it. But he has saved all of the old playlists because people yes. don't wipe their iPods. So he has a hard drive full of like playlists like yes. grandma's iPod and Sharon's iPod. He has a whole, what I think is a treasure trove yes. of music. Okay. We um, need to, we, 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 can can, can yeah. we bring him on the pod? Because I want to talk him on to him about this. I, I want to talk to him about this. I want to see this. I want to find a way for us to like share at least like the M3U file if we can't share the whole thing. Like so people can get like what this was. Like I feel like we need to find a way to put these on Spotify or something. Like, Absolutely. This is this is amazing. This cool. is such Thank you for content. reminding me what I wanted to talk about. Bree, what are you up to this week? Oh my gosh. Uh, I am down in Florida this week uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, like on a personal note, I'm still doing a ton of photography. I wanted to ask you, Christina, I had a chance uh, mm -hmm. recently to plug my MacBook with Lightroom in it uh, to the really good Apple monitor. What's the name of it again? I forget, but the the like thousand oh, dollar monitor that you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, so I have the studio. I have the studio display, which is like right, the the, the, 4, the 5K display. one. That's what and then I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, it's really good. That is gorgeous. I mean, it, it is like looking mm -hmm. some of your photos for the very first time. So, I I wanted to ask you did do you did you end up liking that? Are you still kind of regretting that purchase? How how kind do you feel about it? Okay, so I don't regret it. Here's my only thing. I was coming from like the LG 5K display, which is the same panel. And so it was sort of, I mean, look, also, I'm going to be completely candid. I used my um, GitHub uh, office budget to pay for all but like $150 of it. And I used Fair. my Microsoft office budget to pay for the uh, monitor arm, the Ergotron monitor arm. So yeah, you know what? I basically did not pay anything for this monitor. Um, my one annoyance is that there's no power button. And so I had to get a, one of those like um, smart uh, plugs to basically then hook it up to like HomeKit so that I can like perform an action if I need to cycle the monitor, which is annoying. Um, but no, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's a very good monitor. I just, I think if you had the LG 5K display, like the UltraFine, I don't think it's that big of an upgrade. Uh, but if you didn't have one of those and you're looking for a very nice display, this is going to be the best you can get. I mean, Samsung makes one now, but it's not any cheaper. So, like, if you're in the Mac ecosystem, honestly, yeah. Fair. So that's what I'm doing this week. I'm in Florida playing uh, uh, Phantom Liberty and uh, taking a whole bunch of pictures. So that's me. Nice. Beautiful. Well, that is going to be our show this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. But of course, if you're a Booster subscriber, you're not done listening because we're about to do our weekly bonus segment. And if you would like to hear 
about our re-envisioning of Apple's scary event, you should go to relay.fm slash membership and learn about how to sign up for an ad-free version of the show and a bonus segment every week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.